If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. Oh, we brought you guys a guest. Uh, mm. Mike Matthews, uh, he's the author of some top-selling fitness books like Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, and Thinner, Leaner, Stronger. And in the fitness world, in the fitness sphere, there's few people that we really respect. Mike Matthews is one of them. He puts out good information. Uh, he's got a great following. So I reached out to him a while ago to maybe do some kind of a collaboration. And you never know what you you know what you're going to get when you meet someone in person. You know, you're either going to like them, or they're going to you know you're going to think they're idiots or, or douchebags douchebags or whatever. Mike uh, is a f- great guy. Like as soon as we sat down with him, I mean, super transparent, mm. super open. His uh, his motives are in the right place. Um, we like him a lot, um, and so we recorded some episodes with him. And in this episode, Man, inc- entrepreneurs are going to perk up on this exactly, episode. This, this incredible, incredible mind for all you business minds. So if you're yeah, entrepreneurs, for sure, this episode, I think we had no idea what direction we were going to go with him. Uh, in fact, I think I think no, none of us had the uh, desire to just go into basic macro and because we're not basic bitches <laughs> well i mean that. uh part of why we even decided to do that with him is obviously we look into someone like this before they come on and saw already a lot of his uh you know his philosophies with nutrition and and training are very similar to ours and so definitely we know the guy gets it and i think talking about that same old stuff would be kind of boring so getting into peer into this guy's business mind he's a very very successful businessman and very smart very transparent um you can find mike matthews uh on he has two websites so muscleforlife.com is where he writes all his blogs and fitness information and then legionathletics.com is where he sells his supplements and there's no affiliation we have no affiliation with any of his products but after meeting him um i could say his products are probably legit probably good so and he has a podcast you got to check out his podcast. He's uh, again, he's a wealth of information from this guy. The podcast is Muscle for Life with Mike Matthews. By the way, uh, thirty days of coaching. One of the most popular things that we've done. We get so much feedback on it. Um, it's a way for you to get thirty days or thirty bits uh, of information that we think are the most important when it comes to fitness, health, and wellness. Um, and it's free. We wanted to give something free to everybody. All you do is you go to mindpumpmedia.com, register, and you'll get topics covered in detail like proteins, fats, carbohydrates, calories, resistance training, cardio, mobility, me- mobility yeah. meditation, supplements. Meditation, yep. I mean, we run the whole gamut, um, and it's there, and it's free. Um, so all you got to do is go to mindpumpmedia.com and just register. So without any further ado, here we are talking to Mike Matthews. So I don't think I shared this with you. So I was an athlete, grew up super religious. So I didn't do any drugs. I didn't have sex. I signed a purity card as a kid growing up. Uh, And when I was... This goes out to all the parents who think that's going to make... If you force those things on your kid, it's going to make them turn out to do great. And he's still going to be crazy like me. So I uh, I started or I helped start two of the first medical marijuana clubs here in San Jose. And the, the way that happened was it was a client of mine who uh, made an offer to me that I could not refuse. Hey. And I had no... And he wasn't even Italian. I didn't know anything about cannabis. I didn't know anything about it at all, really. I had a bad experience with it in my early 20s, the first time I ever tried it. One of my favorite stories. So this is not for me. never will do this again. Hmm. 
Uh, and I told him, I said, listen, dude, I have no, I have, I don't know anything about this stuff. Why would you want me to do this? He said, well, I've seen the way you lead and you manage, and I want to have six or seven of these, and I would like you to oversee them. Mm. And he goes, uh, you know, I know that you're a smart enough guy. You'll, you'll figure it out. You'll learn. And, and he goes, I don't need you to be a weed connoisseur. I need you to, you know, manage and lead people. So uh, he made, like I said, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And I did that for two years. And during that process, I started for the first time ever reading about marijuana because I didn't care whatsoever. This is actually how Sal and I got it kind of connected mm. was I had already gone through that process. And the then I find weed. I find it kind of was because it was the it was the first. Oh, I think when we started when I started talking about cannabinoids, that's yes. when you first fell in love. I did because I was like, <laughs> I had been I had oh, been doing my own weed. kind of yes. research and and, re, and reading and learning and trying. Like I didn't know anything, so I'm like bottom. I'm trying to figure stuff out, and then I meet this guy who uh, had already been intrigued in reading that direction, and I was like, oh my god, a fitness guy that's really smart and healthy, but is uh, like knows a lot about weed. So we hit it off. Yeah, I had a different. I had a family member, close family member, get uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer. So I uh, just researched everything I possibly could on everything. That could help. That was not uh, traditional treatment because the type of cancer that she had, it, there was no, there was no known. I mean, chemo, radi- radiation, nothing. Like you asked the doctor, they put her on the most aggressive chemo of all time, and I said, uh, "What? Are, what do the statistics show?" And he goes, "It's not going to do anything for her." I'm like, "What the? F-? Why even? Exactly. Why even go through it? Exactly." So I went through um, and I just researched everything I possibly could, and the one thing that, believe it or not, had the most research uh supporting it was uh cannabis in terms of its effectiveness on actually improving quality of life not just that uh actually killing cancer there was a study done in spain by uh dr guzman i believe and he studied uh on rats and they gave the rats uh a untreatable multiform glioma which is a brain cancer and high doses of thc um, actually cured it, I believe, in a couple of the rats. And the other ones, it prolonged their life tremendously. Oh, mm. they still died, but it was just like, whoa, what is going on here? Yeah, there's something there. And subsequent research in on cannabinoids uh, has demonstrated um, anti-cancer effects. Uh, almost like, it, and what it does is it tells the cancer cell to die, to you know, program cell death, which is the opposite of what happens with cancer cells. Sure. The cancer cells yeah, that's are, where the apoptosis goes wacky. and then They're zombie cells. They yeah. just don't die. And... For whatever reason, cannabinoids tend to do that, um, and some can- some cancers are very, very um, uh, susceptible to cannabinoid treatment. Not all cancers, but some of them are. Mm. So uh, this family member of mine was given basically three months, three months to live. She had stage four uh, lenitis plastica, which is a form of gastric cancer, which is... If not the worst, I was going to say one of the. They say that in stomach or. Like, well, no, it is a stomach cancer, well, but it's it's a the type of it is lenitis plastica, uh, and they call it that. It means uh, something literally plastic because it it spreads out and it and it just doesn't stop. Hmm. And um, I think the only cancer with a worse prognosis would be like a stage four pancreatic cancer. Um, so she was three months, and she ended up making it over a year and a half. Wow. And. Um, the, cre- the chemo that she did end up going on, she did all these cannabinoid treatments while she was on chemo. And by the way, this was a very traditional, conservative uh, Italian woman, like mm. never had done anything. Mm. And um, uh, uh, the chemo that she was on, she was on three types of chemo, plus she was on a daily continual chemo pump. She walked around with, a, with an actual pump. 
on her body. Wow. And the doctor's like, yeah, you're going to feel terrible. You're going to... And the first couple treatments she went through, she's like, she's sitting there talking to everybody and doctors are like, wow, why do you, you know, how do you feel so good? And she's like, I have weed. She was so happy telling everybody. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so that's what, that was what got me into all the research and stuff behind it. Mm. So that's pretty much it. And then how, how did it go from there to your own personal, like or your decision to? <clears throat> so I had, uh, I had severe um, irritable bowel syndrome, almost to the point where I thought I might have something like Crohn's. Uh, which uh, one of my family members has. Mm. I mean, it was really bad. I lost 15 pounds. Couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. And uh, I had done uh, food intolerance testing, which was helping, uh, probiotic treatment, which was helping. I was taking psyllium husk because my tendency was towards uh, diarrhea, not towards constipation. Mm. Um, And I went on a trip to Belize uh, with some friends. And we're in Belize, and my buddy buys a bag of weed from one of the cab drivers and it's like dirt weed it's like shit like you know in california you see what weed looks like and other places you could see that they're it's total crap right Mm -hmm. so you have to smoke the hell out of it to really even feel anything so on vacation that's what we did and i had no symptoms Mm -hmm. of of these gastro issues but i didn't connect it necessarily at that point i thought it's because i was on vacation i'm relaxed yeah when I get back, symptoms. Or maybe difference in food quality or. All that. So I'm thinking, this is what it must be. But while I was there, I was eating gluten. I was eating, like, I told myself, like, I don't even care. I'm going to do whatever I want. So I get back here, symptoms come back. I start to think maybe it's the cannabis. Got my hands on some cannabis. And, uh, you know, here in California, actually, uh, in the, especially in the legal states, cannabis is bred to be very high in THC hmm. because that's what people want. They want to feel high. Yeah. So I took that's that. That's a big difference between weed now and back in the 60s and 70s. Definitely. Higher yeah. Definitely. Higher. This is why I had such a bad experience as a kid because mm-hmm. nobody, I didn't understand that. Nobody explained to me that I could smoke too much because everyone always told me, oh, there's no like, re- there's no real adverse effects. You can't like have too much. That was the advice I'm being given as a, you know, 20 year old. Oh, dude. This, so uh, I sat in a circle and just, I'll just keep smoking it until I feel it and felt yeah. and had a horrible experience. <laughs> scared the fucking living shit out of me and wanted nothing to do with it for years and years yeah. later. Stayed away from it. It activates parts of the brain that also process um, fear and paranoia. So I've had a couple instances myself where it's fucking terrifying. It's about it's a good four hour shitty situation, and then you come out of it and you're like, wow, that was weird. Mm. But anyway, so I tried cannabis and it didn't help. And um, so I thought, oh, that that's, that must not have helped. Then I'm doing this research for this family member of mine, and I'm reading about the other cannabinoids that are finding can- in cannabis that are non-psychoactive that also have effects. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, holy cow, like I had to smoke a lot when I was in Belize. It must have been low in THC, and I was getting all these other cannabinoids. So then I got my hands on high CBD can- uh, cannabis, which mm-hmm. was – it still had a little bit of THC, but it was mostly CBD – and I used that, and boom, like, yeah. totally helped. So from that point on, I used it medicinally. And when I mean, say medicinally, I mean it. Like, I, I, I vaporize it or I eat it. Um, and there are times when I use it for, you know, relaxation, like I would a glass of wine or whatever. But uh, medicinally, it, it has positive effects. But I do want to be. I do want to also say that uh, that doesn't mean it's not without its side effects. And yeah, that's what I asked. Are you guys concerned about? The, ne- the downsides? Absolutely. Uh, uh, you can, for sure, there are memory side effects that come from abuse of cannabis. So if I use too much, I will find it uh, more difficult to recall words or be able to be as sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, it does stimulate in low doses, and they found this in animals, um, 
the, it does stimulate actually new cell neuronal cell growth. But at high doses, it can cause uh, atrophy of certain parts of the brain, in right. particular the hippocampus, which is uh, for for you know for memory. Is that more on the THC side though versus the the CBD? So the thing about CBD that's interesting is there's two cannabinoid receptors that we've identified. There's the CB1 and CB2 receptors. One of them is in the peripheral uh, central nervous system uh, pr- predominantly, and one of them is in the some of the organs and throughout the body. Um, this may be why sometimes people feel more of a body high versus a head high. This is all speculation. Mm. But uh, if you uh, uh, can, a CBD cannabidiol actually does not attach to either receptor. Now they think there may be a third receptor we haven't identified, or it may mediate its effects indirectly to one of those receptors, or it may have your body. Perhaps it may upregulate receptors so that your own natural cannabinoid mm. production. So uh, it's it's hard to say what's happening, but we do know that CBD not only doesn't cause memory loss, but it actually will mitigate memory loss mm. if you use THC. So because this is what I've kind of experienced, because I had like a total stigma about you know marijuana, and you know growing up, uh, I tried to avoid it most, as much as possible, but it, it, it inevitably I would I would end up using it uh, just like I would abusing alcohol, where it would I just get like super high and like paranoid. And so that was one of those things that was always like, well, in this situation, I'll, I'll go for it or whatever, but I was never like super stoked on it. Like I didn't know all the health benefits you could get like from CBD and from all these, um, you know, medical uses of it. So, um, that was one of the things like (laughs) really like just meeting with these guys, like, uh, not to say it's a bad influence, but it's definitely has, has reframed (laughs) my thought process towards it. And so it's been, it's been one of those things on low dose, like I feel, I feel like definite effects of it. Like I feel benefit, uh, especially using CBD, uh, and, and I'm totally correlating things, but, uh, uh, you know, like I, I played football and so I, I smashed my head quite a bit and, uh, you know, all this research coming out that's scary as hell for yeah. me with CTE. Um, but I have noticed like just being able to recall things a little bit better. And I, you know, I, I don't know if it's attributing it to that or it's just a better diet. Um, but, uh, it's definitely something that's interesting to me. So yeah, the anti-inflammatory effects, uh, or the, um, what they, you know, the balancing effects that they can do at the right amounts, right doses. Um, and which is by the way, a lot lower, a lot lower, excuse me, and less frequent than stoners will use. Right, sure. Um, it's like anything else that can get abused. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it, I, I feel like almost anything in moderation, you can find some sort of positive or health benefits, even some of the hardest drugs out there that are illegal. I mean, there's, they, most of them were used in medicine at one point, so there are there are ways to find benefits. But it, well, the problem with this and everything everything like it is, you know, people tend to abuse it. But we abuse. I think, I honestly think the number one thing that we abuse as a, as a country or a nation or even worldwide food. is food. Mm. You know, no one talks about that, and it's just like what if you look at all the stats that that's doing. I just I find it funny when we demonize certain drugs that are out there, and when we really look at the things that are really kill that's killing us right now. Is it really like all these? hardcore drugs that are illegal and stuff or is it like the food that we're continually well, doing? It's a very fascinating topic uh, from a just from a scientific standpoint because what you're going to find is mark my words you will see this that cannabinoid uh, medicines I'm talking about pharmaceutical they're already dumping millions of dollars uh, by the way in research in cannabinoid treatments you are going to see a, a completely new paradigm in treatment of certain ailments with uh, cannabinoid types of uh, molecules. It's a completely different 
type of molecule. It acts on a completely different pathway. It, it, it you're you're um, causing you're causing a reaction at the cannabinoid receptors, which are, if I'm not mistaken, the most abundant G protein coupled receptor in the body. So you're talking about a wide scope of application. Um, there's a lot of money going into its treatment for its potential treatment for diabetes, for uh, all kinds of uh, neural neurological uh, you know issues like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Um, you're going to see it for uh, inflammatory type disorders. Um, and I think what'll happen, what'll probably happen is pharmaceutical companies will find a way to uh, alter the, the you know cannabinoids to make them non-psychoactive because that's one of the the side effects that I think uh, are definitely side, that side effects that pharmaceutical companies don't want. Like, you know, it's, well, it's, it's already happening. I'm, I'm super fascinated in seeing the, the companies. I know you're a businessman, so you talk about cool things to watch right now are these people that are doing this. My cousin happens to be one of the, the biggest uh, uh, guys that do this right now, which is extracting the CBD to all the way to its purest form with, which in the past we had all these, uh, you know, the, the way when they would do it in the past with water and, and basic extraction methods and, or with butane, bad stuff that you're getting, it was like you couldn't get a very pure, clean source. Well, they now have it broken down to where you can you can pull it out to its purest. I mean, to where it can be medicinal, used as medicine and you're mm-hmm. seeing it happen already. And the people that are going to uh, the businesses that were are, are already setting up those things in place to let to make that happen, because, you know, once it once big pharma gets a hold of it. It's going to. Are, they've already got their hands on it. It's a machine. Yeah. yeah. GW Pharmaceuticals already has a, the. They've gotten orphan drug status on one of their medications, and they're um, they've got the green light to produce. Uh, That's for the seizures, right? Uh, seizures. Yeah. So uh, for intractable epilepsy, um, there's they're in, ready to become approved. Um, they're studying it for Alzheimer's, diabetes, uh, osteoporosis. And I can't remember what else. Um, it's a company I'm, I'm, I, I've studied quite a bit. Again well, you bought you bought GW how long ago? That was a long ass. Yeah, I bought a while, I bought it a while ago, and it's uh, it's worth quite a bit now. It's very speculatory, so I'm not recommending anybody do it. It's like it could you know crash at any moment. But I definitely it is an area of medicine that we're going to see uh, explode right uh, up up there with uh, the microbiome. Like fascinating. Uh, you know what's interesting too, statistically speaking, when they look at the medicinal med- medical marijuana states, uh, opiate use in all of them goes way down. That's the way reason, down. It's the only reason why it's taking this long mm-hmm. is for that exact reason mm-hmm. because it's going to uh, the initially it's going to hurt big pharma. Mm-hmm. You know, well, shit, that's why I mean, you say they got their hands around. They do, they have they're starting to get their hands around. It. Once they have a chokehold around it, then you'll see it go completely. Yeah. But until they can until they can have that guaranteed money to supplement all the money they're going to lose on opiates and things like that, yeah, no, that's do you know who's got oh. Who's, who's invested a shit ton uh, in land and getting ready to fucking produce? Fucking Marlboro, dude. Marlboro <laughs> has bought a <laughs> shit ton. Well, yeah. because they already make, they've got all the, the stuff that they are need. There. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They've already invested quite a bit, and there's some patents that have been uh, mm. go, going through for which is a the bum- first GMO. You know what's a bummer about yeah, that is is, is it will what? be once it once the floodgates are open, it will be the race to who can produce the most, the best, the fastest, the cleanest, the purest, right? Like so. And unfortunately for those that saw this way in advance, like myself and people that are connected to me, it's like I don't have the power to even fuck with them. That's part of why I, I left it because I just 
I won't have enough muscle to to dominate it like it'll need to be dominated because it's going to be dominated really quick. And by companies like that that have the manpower, that have the the structure in place already. And I, you know, so many people reach out to me and they want me to like ask me like that side of the like that was I was part of the very beginning. So being a part of the beginning was, in my opinion, the better time to be there when they were trying to figure all this out. It was riskier, scarier for someone like me. Risk and reward, right? Right. But now it's like everybody is trying to get involved in it and it's gonna the big, big companies gonna come. So mm-hmm. everyone that's having making a good making good money right now, it's mm-hmm. gonna be short lived. It's not the long game for yeah. sure. What I think is crazy is how how different some of the states are. Like I think you're you're in Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. They're not a medical marijuana state. I don't think so, but DC, yeah. yes, DC is yeah. And then Florida, definitely not. But Florida, because that's where you're originally from, right? Mm-hmm. Florida, one of the the highest in opiate. opiate yeah. yeah. Now that's Hill, what I, pills are big there too, right? Oh, really? That's like, uh, amphetamines and oh, all that, yeah. And then what was that one synthetic drug that was getting that I saw videos like crocodile or some shit? What uh, are yeah, those bath salts? Yeah, like some turned into zombies. Like, yeah, yeah, like ate someone's face or something. <laughs> That's so scary. <laughs> Only in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a Florida thing. Yeah. That was that was Tampa, wasn't that when we were down? That's what we were talking about. Like the last like, thing oh, I, I could see this happening. We were here. down in Tampa yeah. uh, visiting Ben Pikulski, Elliot Holst, those guys, and we were talking about when was the last time you'd heard anything about Tampa? And one of you two brought that up. <laughs> yeah, it was the bath salts, man. When the guy was eating Jumping someone's through face. the window. Scary. It's good. Times. <laughs> I remember right, seeing no. a story of uh, someone went to a, a drive-through at a fast food restaurant and threw a fucking baby alligator through the through the window. I don't know why. They just that, that's a Florida thing. Oh, <laughs> you, you hear that kind of story? You're like, that's oh, got to be Florida. Oh, yeah. See, that someone would be throws an alligator. Right. That would be awesome to do that in California. You would <laughs> someone would shit in California. Do that in Florida? They're like, oh shit, something got in. You know, like, oh, oh. they did it again. For, you, yeah. If you threw a baby alligator in California, you'd go to jail for hurting the baby alligator. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Yeah, fuck yeah, the person you just threw it at. <laughs> yeah. right. So, so do you guys think uh, that everyone should smoke weed or? Yeah, Definitely. totally. No. No, no, no. Some people do. No. Some people think that like not anyone crazy. anyone anyone that doesn't is missing out and just doesn't get it. I'll no. tell you, I'll tell you not right now. All. There I are mean, certain people, there's a lot of people that I think should never ever yeah. touch that stuff. Like I said, uh, I've experienced the extreme fear and paranoia that come from having too much or having the wrong strain. Yeah. It's a, it's a psychoactive substance so it's going to have po- you know powerful effects. It, anything that makes you feel good is addictive. Mm-hmm. And there's also th- there's also this reality. Anything that you take that has or use that has an acute or effect on the body, the body tries to balance itself out by regulating itself. We have a natural endocannabinoid system. We produce our own cannabinoids. Anandamide is one of them. And we have the receptors that we talked about earlier. If you have a shit ton of cannabis all the time or you become a regular user, you can expect to produce less of your own natural uh, your, your own natural cannabinoids or down-regular receptors. And there's, a, I mean, I'll 100% stand behind this. Anybody who has ever used cannabis regularly will tell you you do build up a tolerance. Mm-hmm. So is that a good thing? No, that's never a good thing. It's also a Band-Aid. Look, I use it medicinally. And I understand that it is a, b- a bit of a Band-Aid because why is my body not producing the cannabinoids that I need? Or why are my receptors downregulated? I need to figure out the root cause. And I'll tell you what, over the years of working with my nutrition, uh, meditation, um, and you know, avoiding certain things, uh, like I don't have any artificial sweeteners, mm. uh, I avoid certain foods, um, I need less and less and less for those medicinal effects. In the early days, I would need it every single night. Mm. Now... Probably two, three nights a week, 
and I'm fine sometimes not even that. Mm. So uh, you got to be smart with it. So like my, with the hardest conversation I ever had to have was to my little brother who's 12 years younger than me and having an older brother who was a part of, you know, these cannabis clubs and here he is at 20 years old coming up and he'd already, by this time had already been introduced to smoking weed and having this conversation, I'll never forget, uh, you know, how, how challenging that was for me. Like, cause I, what I wanted to tell him, I had to also keep in mind, like, okay, here's your brother in the middle of a business like this. How many I tell you, like, stay away from something like that. And all I could really explain to him was that my experience with it wasn't until I, until I was almost really 30 years old. I was like in my late twenties. And so when I, when I experienced it, I had a different head on my shoulders than the average teenage boy or 20 year old that gets a hold of it. And so I really don't, I don't recommend it to anybody really, unless you, unless you are in a grown ass adult and you have like sleep issues or you've got pain that you, and you don't want to take pills or you, you're somebody who's like above 30 years old and you come to me like that. And that's just so you have a good head on your shoulders. I just, because real quick, it can turn into just like smoking cigarettes or just like drinking alcohol, like, or, or bad food. I mean, it's real easy. I think you, it can get away from you and it can mm-hmm. be, you can turn into something that you get high all the time and you don't do shit. And I watched my little brother starting to go down this path and it was really tough for me to also sit there and tell him while I'm in the middle of building this, this cannabis club. So that was a really challenging time for me. And and I, and it's, I still struggle with it because I kind of see, and he's, you know, doing his own thing. He's a, he's off in Colorado and snowboards and uh, you know, he's happy doing what he's doing, but I feel like a lot of what, uh, what keeps him from excelling is, you know, he loves to smoke weed all the time and it's, it's unfortunate. Who am I to tell him he can't, but I feel like that's where people get, uh, let it get away from them as they start, uh, getting high all the time. Yeah, if because, you use it to run away from shit, like anything, you're, you're yeah. not, you're not but then I then I think it's no different than right. like you know, anything any, else. Right. You can do that with uh, with gambling, but you know, on the developing brain too, mm-hmm. the cannabinoid system is uh, plays a very crucial role in the development of the brain, um, and uh, we know this uh, for an absolute fact. So, like for example, the, they they have evidence that there are cannabinoids in breast milk. Um, so when your baby, you know, is breastfeeding and then just, you know, if you, I'm sure you have two yeah. kids where they're breastfeeding yeah, and then all of a sudden they're afterwards, they're yeah. like, uh, you ever seen them like milk drunk? <laughs> they're high, yeah. they're high from the cannabinoids. It plays a very crucial role in development of the brain. So if you're a teenage kid and you're just bombarding your brain with cannabinoids way more than what you would produce naturally, that's going to affect the way your brain's going to develop yeah. and you could cause, you saw, you saw research on this. It was, I saw something a couple months ago on this point that. It, it leads to controversial. That. I mean, a lot of young people were up in arms about it. Like, of no, course, no, no, no. Yeah, no. that's not true. Don't take away my weed. Yeah, no. Right. It's, yeah. It, it, so, you know, think of it this way. I, I treat it like caffeine. The same way I treat caffeine. When I start to notice, like if if I have to take more than like two puffs of something to get that relief or get myself to settle down before bed, if I notice myself doing that's already my sign that okay, go, I need to take a week off and just be away from it completely, mm-hmm. just like caffeine. And mm-hmm. so. But that's why I mean by how it can get away from you real quick where you're just, oh, I don't get that same feeling. So now I'm going three, then four. And the next thing you know, you have to do, you have to smoke half a joint. Then you have to drink so, a whole joint. And then it's like it turns into this, you're smoking an eighth of weed a day. And that's now we have a problem. So I'll give you an example. Like if, <laughs> when a kid learns a new language or learns new languages, they don't develop an accent, right? You have a five-year-old. You could teach a five-year-old three languages. And by the time they're adults, like they'll speak all three of them fluently with no accent. 
you take a kid past a certain age and you try and teach them a new language, they'll learn it, but they've always got an accent. And that's because the basic structure of the brain that processes and develops language has been set by a certain age, meaning it's not, it's not as plastic as it was before, so it's just not going to have the same capacity. This is true for a lot of things as your brain develops. So, for example, if you have a child, a baby, and you're constantly feeding them a lot of sugar and they grow up, there's going to be some permanent changes to their brain to where they may permanently have issues with sugar. And they can change quite a bit, but that basic scaffolding, that basic structure just doesn't change. This is true with cannabinoids. So you have kids, teenagers smoking a shit ton of weed. It's not like an adult who smokes it. You know, if you're a 30-year-old man and you get real high a bunch of times all the time and they decide to quit, those effects are probably going to go completely away. If you do this as a 13-year-old kid uh, and you stop smoking weed, uh, you know, you'll get some of the effects gone, but not all of them. And they're finding it'll affect your IQ. Some studies will show as much by 10 points permanent. So I definitely don't think it's a good idea for kids ever except in the rare cases of intractable epilepsy yeah, or medical exactly right. exactly right. interesting yeah <laughs> fascinating subject mike yeah. Anything something else i don't know much about, about. That's why i'm just listening <laughs> well it, you know it's it's definitely i don't know too many fitness guys that actually talk about it that's why it's always an interesting topic when we get with somebody because sal was the first other fitness guy that i knew that actually had read more about it than i had i mean i was fascinated because i was in it and so i was learning about it uh, and then I meet this guy who oh, took it to yeah. a whole other. Well, level. you're in the supplement industry. It's gonna it's gonna start. Oh, it'll it's be, gonna start yeah, penetrating. It'll, it'll yeah. be prevalent. No, I I, uh, I think Ben Greenfield is selling cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he sells CBD derived from hemp because yeah. uh, hemp you can get CBD. Um, you're gonna see it in fat loss supplements because it has an insulin sensitizing effect. You're gonna see it in recovery supplements uh, and sleep supplements. Um, so those are the three categories that I think you're gonna start seeing. A lot of, uh, of interest. and again, the, the companies that are going to really dominate are the ones that have the structure to be able yeah, to supply all of it, right? Yeah. Everything from the recreational to the medical to the all these different it's supplements. Gonna be, yeah, it's going to be vertically integrated. Yeah, it it's is. Company, you know, the companies that really we've talked about supplementation moving out of the sports nutrition space. I mean, the companies that I mean, that's where the insane money is because really? that's where the oh yeah, I mean. Supplement, supplements on the whole, you know, $100 billion a year industry globally. Sports nutrition, I believe right now is like $27 billion. I think it's projected to be rise to 45 over Ooh, the next that, years. Whoa, you know, that's I mean, it's growth. growing, but, but it's, you know. So right what's now. the big part? What's the big, who's making the big mm. sales and supplements then if it's not sports uh, well, just gen- general general health stuff, stuff that you see in, in Walmart and that you see in Costco and Sam's Club and um, you know, so you have in, in terms of the brands, I mean, I guess you have stuff like, uh, Kirkland, you have nature's pride, you have, uh, I mean, if you just go look at the shelves of, if you wanted to just go pick up, uh, your basic, you know, simple one a day multivitamin or, um, a vitamin C or a magnesium or a vitamin D or something like that. Just your basic, so you can get like you'll, two you'll, pounds you'll, I, of I, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but who ultimately owns those, those are, those are more like, those are just brands or like imprints. You know what I mean? So I, I actually don't know. I haven't looked too much into it cause I'm more just kind of niched into sports nutrition, but I'll bet you it's a, a handful of, of big, probably food companies and ph- pharmaceutical companies that, uh, ultimately own, you know, seven different brands of supplements and they all just kind of 
they are their own competition. Mm. Is, is there a reason why you haven't, because I've wanted to go and or look into this direction of actually going into supplementation like the vitamin D, vitamin mm. C, like, is there a reason why you haven't gone that route? Like, I mean, how can I, how, well, I know you how, have the how can, how can I compete? I mean, what's the, is that why is it? Cause it's just the market's way too competitive. Yeah. I mean, I could see, um, through, but I feel, I feel like you're, I would assume people who's buying from you is mostly your network. So they, I would think they would buy anything from you. So I feel like I, right now, for example, I, you know, I do a vitamin D supplement, right? So I would love to get that through a company that I'm already affiliated sure, with. You know what I'm sure. saying? So even if it was two dollars, well, that's me, I guess. If even if it was two dollars more, I would pay it, right? Because it's you. You right. know what I'm saying? And right. I'm buying it anyways. And it's like, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to order and whatever. you can just buy everything. On what right, right. Are you buying your, your protein powder or whatever? Yeah, it actually is on the list. Like we want vitamin D would make sense. And there are a few, uh, you know, probably magnesium would make sense for people that need to supplement with uh, additional magnesium. Um, and it's just, we're not like doing Omega-3 maybe too? I mean, I have that. I have a fish Oh, you oil. do? Okay, yeah, you do have a fish mm-hmm. oil. Um, but, but could do, for example, a plant-based, like it could be like an algae-based or something for people that don't want to do fish. Um, uh, and so we do have on the list to do some of these simpler supplements. It's just, I haven't done them yet because uh, I've been focusing really what it comes down to is, I mean, it's mostly money. So it's expensive to launch products. Now these products would not be expensive, but the, the products that I'm in the middle of like, um, you know, I'm going to be doing a casein protein because a lot of people want it. A lot of people just like casein. They prefer it over whey. They prefer it over, uh, you know, any sort of vegan protein. Um, but that's probably going to cost me. I think in the end, probably about $20 a bottle to do a good casein protein. Mm-hmm. And with minimum orders, let's just say when it's all said and done, when you factor in everything, it's probably sixty or $70,000 to launch casein. Um, and then you got to get it established, got to get, get it going, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So right now we're focusing again on the stuff that is, um, I mean, I, I, I guess I look at it as kind of like the, the low hanging fruit, the stuff that, you know, people are saying, yes, please make that, right. you know, protein bars, stuff like that. Now, what do you say? So what kind of advice would you give somebody if they're going to go buy supplements? Like, you know, it's obviously an unregulated industry, yeah. which I'm fine with. Yeah. But what what should be their litmus test? How can they know? What are some things that they can do to ensure that they're getting what they're paying for, that they're getting quality and nothing else? Um, unfortunately, you have to do some digging as a consumer um, because ultimately what it comes down to is trusting the company and trusting the brand. I mean, you can, you know, you can look at labels and that can tell you some stuff. So, you know, if you look at, uh, if you look, if you're looking at a protein powder and you look at, you know, look at the serving size in grams, look at how many grams of protein are in the serving size. Um, and if there's a big discrepancy there, if you have a big serving size and, or let's say that, you know, there's, uh, you have a, a 30 plus gram serving size with 20 grams of, of protein, what else is in there? You know what I mean? Mm. Um, also looking at, if we're talking about protein, looking at the, uh, what, what, if it's whey protein, like what type of protein is it? So whey concentrate, for example, is it's, there's nothing wrong with whey concentrate. It's just the protein by weight can vary widely. It can be as low as 30% or as high as about 80%. Wow. And, and what do you mean by the, by the weight? By weight. So like, you know, uh, per gram of of powder uh-huh. it, can, it can be as low as 30 percent protein and the rest would just be uh, filler carbs and well, carbs and fats because it's just low quality um, or as high as 80 percent that'd be like a, a higher quality concentrate usually you don't go above 80 you have that's where you get into isolates right um and so like my my way is 100 percent whey isolate which is where they've removed the lactose and they've it's basically just pure protein it's like it's a it's not 90 to 94 percent you know protein by weight um, and so that's, so that's something when you see whey concentrate, you don't have to automatically be like, oh, it's shit, not necessarily, but there's a higher likelihood that it's shit. And <laughs> then it comes down to 
do you know, do you, what do you know about this company and why do you trust? Because for example, I get contacted all the time by, um, mainly, mainly raw suppliers from, from China. And, you know, if I didn't care about the quality of my products, I could, so my way costs me, I want to say it's like around 19 or $20 a bottle, right? My cost. Um, and I could cut that down to like $6. Wow. Maybe seven. Let's say seven. Holy shit. That's, that's a big difference. And still be able to say that it's way no wonder. No wonder guys are fucking greedy in that industry. Mm, Cause it's that easy. So that easy. It's, it's, it's just saying like that easily. Also it's just you like double your, your profits. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Like money. That's about <laughs> it. Right. And yeah. then by the way, your transparency, your, the transparency is that you have in this is fucking great. I really appreciate you going over even the numbers. Absolutely. I don't know anybody else that does that in this mm-hmm. industry. Nobody does. Everyone I mean, everyone's afraid to because even even the people that claim that they're being straightforward about things there's something that they're yeah. they're getting they don't disclose everything yeah, absolutely right, i mean sure. i'll say my on the whole uh, when you look at it from the from the top level look at the financials like i want to run i want to uh, be able to run legion with a gross margin of around 40 percent and a net margin of around i mean ideally it would be 15 percent. right now it's lower because we're growing and putting money back in right mm-hmm. and spending money on exploratory marketing things and whatever like mm-hmm. it's not uh i'm not trying to optimize for profitability at the moment i'm trying to optimize for growth and you can't really have it both ways um but so yeah. that's such an important thing for an entrepreneur to understand what you just said right there i should make you break that down <laughs> it is it's just you just said it so quick and so fast but you know, uh, Taylor and I discussed this a lot, um, you know, off air and stuff about, you know, what the challenges of scaling a business, you yeah. know, and people don't understand, you know, uh, the outsider looking in, you see all these things that are going on. Oh, they must be making all this money and stuff I'm like, well, no, not if you're really if you're doing a good job of growing your business, you're probably not making yeah, that most much of it's exactly. right there. Absolutely. Right. right. You know, you and, and, especially when you have a cost of goods involved and especially in my case, when the cost of goods is quite high. Um, you know, it, it would be different if I were just selling digital products. And even then, I mean, there's still that, uh, it's still, you're going to, you're there, there, you're going to have hemorrhage cash to some degree when you're growing because you have to try things. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like I was telling you guys, we tried, um, you using, you know, Instagram influencers, mainly, <laughs> mainly girls with a lot of, a lot of follow, a lot of followers, <laughs> millions and millions of followers. Lots so of ass shots. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of butts. Yeah. With, uh, with, uh, with like Psalms. I don't know. That's what works. It's just right? the formula. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so we apparently put, those followers don't read much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what else could they be doing? <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah. That was a great story, by the way. So you guys did that and got nothing out of it. I mean, nothing, nothing that we could. Quantify. I did feel I did 150,000 we put into it. So I did I do feel so much better about more hearing that story because I felt really bad that what we spent and you spent a lot more than us. So I, I do, I do <laughs> we did try that arena. <laughs> yeah. We did the same uh, thing. Yeah. Go oh, big or go home. Same bro. success. Yeah. Same success. Yeah. But uh but yeah, so you know, to to your point uh with growing a business, I mean it's there's there's just uh even if you go about it intelligently and you try to and you really try to lay things out and plan things out and be organized it's a bit chaotic. And with that comes, um, yeah, it comes, you Mike, know. Mike Tyson says it best, right? Everybody has a plan to get punched in the fucking face. So, so yeah, so there's that point of like, uh, back to, to what you were saying. Um, you know, my goal financially for the business is for it to be a good business and a profitable business. Um, but, uh, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm going for anything. I'm not stretching to, uh, be greedy about it. No, that's, no. that's where um, I feel like the, the, the supplement industry draws a lot of people that are not like that. And the irony of it all, the irony of it all is that you're actually playing the long game. So yes. right. Like that's going to make you successful 
in the long term. So you you can definitely fool the market for a short period of time, but not very long. And then eventually, like flash in the pan, like we've seen companies. You know, we we talked about Shreds in the past, which is a great company that, and I don't mean great as an awesome. I mean a great example of flash in the pan using Instagram to owning all these they're pages. Kind of like, and, they're kind of like the Titanic of the industry. You know, I mean? like, yeah, show you. <laughs> just an, there's an example uh, for. For uh, future generations of not get out the life rafts, right? Yeah, how to not do it. So you talked about these Chinese suppliers. Uh, how many supplement companies do you think are getting their, pro- their their supply from overseas? Is that like a big? That's definitely a thing. Wow. Um, and so not so there are supplement companies. It's very I mean because there are so many supplement companies. There are new 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 little guys popping up every single month. It seems like right. Um, and so you have people that from the outset are saying, yes, we, you know, I don't care about the quality of the product. Let's take protein, right? I don't care how much protein is actually in this protein powder. Um, I just want to maximize profits and I want to be able to say that, you know, if this, if this were to get analyzed that, yes, it is, it it is whey protein. You know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, protein, yeah. And and that's so you have people that do that from the outset. And then you have people um, and those are like the, the scummiest of the scum. And then you have people that actually want to do right by their customers, but they get screwed by the manufacturers. So that's a whole nother. Wow. And that's one of the reasons why the manufacturer I'm with, I pay a premium to be with them. They are not the cheapest by any stretch of the imagination. They're actually fairly expensive. Uh, and, but I know like one, I mean, they, they work with very, very big, not just, they're not, they don't just only work with big sports nutrition companies, but also just big, uh, companies are very big in the, in the, in the supplement space on the whole. Um, and, and then they also work with pharmaceutical companies and the pharmaceutical companies, obviously when you're talking about pharmaceutical compounds, they don't fuck around. Like you can't, mm. you know what I mean? You You'll can't, kill people. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, and then that also though tends to be the case with, uh, the, the, the supplement brands that these pharmaceutical and food companies own. The shenanigans is usually with, would be in, with be people like me, just pri- people, you know, that privately own supplement companies are the ones that are more likely, uh, to try to cut corners because, you know, they're run by individuals that again are they're they're looking for the instant gratification of just cash they just want cash and they want shit they want bling they want cars you know right now and uh, whereas the bigger uh conglomerates that's not actually exactly i mean from what i've seen that's even though um you might think that because they're a big conglomerate and they must just be a bunch of evil capitalists and all they want to do is rape people uh, n- not, not so much actually. Yeah. Um, and, and that has been borne out in like even independent tests of, uh, it was, we're talking about protein again, where like, for example, Optin nutrition, which is owned by Glanbia, big pharmaceutical company has a monopoly on whey. Basically they own the farms own everything. They're just completely vertically integrated. I, my, the protein that I get the whey, which comes from overseas, it comes from Ireland, um, is Glanbia owns the farms. It's Glanbia, right? So, um, like you either that get sucks. You're, yeah. you're like you're, you're making your competitor stronger by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, yeah. At this point, on is you know do a billion dollars a year in revenue. They're the king. I don't know if uh, we'll see uh, if, what it'll take if someone can ever un, uh, you know dethrone them. But yeah. um, uh, discover a new protein. Yeah, that's what it, I, I don't even know what I mean. It'll be interesting. It's one of it'll be breast one of those, milk. Yeah. That, that's a big market there. The insect move is moving. Insect, pretty, I was just yeah. thinking that. Yeah. The insect move. That's that's a hard sell, though. It is. It is a hard sell. very long road for that it one. It doesn't taste bad, though. Have you had it I yet? I feel like, no. Oh, it's not I bad. I feel like that, that, that might work if we find ourselves like, like overseas collapses. Somewhere. No, right. if we find ourselves in like a Mad Max. Like, <laughs> like, I'll fucking eat some insect <laughs> Give me protein if it means, yeah. yeah. It's that means staying alive, I'm eating some cricket protein. It's not fucking bad. We had I believe you. Some company. You can ground it up to powders. It's like not like legs are tickling you. I know, but you just. 
yeah. know. You're, yeah, you just you're drinking disgusting little bugs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it has got to be one of the hardest sales for sure. Is, how yeah. how um how widespread would you say uh, in the supplement industry would you say this kind of these shenanigans are is it is the it just fuckery. A, um it's 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 widespread i mean so it's you, like a, it's an epidemic the, i mean it's a it's a problem for sure i've run into it myself so um in setting up a, a backup manufacturer which is something that now is finally in place i should have done it earlier because i ran into some some supply chain problems with my manufacturer now because they were going through a transition where um so i was with a company called integrity uh nutraceuticals they're based in tennessee run by a guy named peter miller super cool guy um, he took really good care of me. And then uh, his company was bought by a private equity group and they bought another company called Cornerstone, a supplement manufacturer based in Utah. And then they they wanted to merge them into one. They wanted to combine operations in Utah and they kind of, it didn't go very smoothly. There were some problems. Um, and, you know, so uh, there was a there was a time where I, I ordered, so uh, pills are generally a 10 to 12 week lead time. Um, if it can go a little bit faster, but that's what you want to plan for, uh, in, on your inventory planning and your financial planning. Um, so we had ordered, it had been, it took them a year to get us. Uh, so we were like completely just, oh, shit. and, and so during that period when they were starting, it was, things were starting to get rocky and, um, they basically was like triage. They had to decide the manufacturer, my manufacturer had to decide which accounts are going to get serviced and which aren't basically because they had, you know, limited capacity in their lines and they're having all kinds of problems. Um, so in that time I was like, ah, well, I could have, I could have prevented this. I should have had a backup manufacturer. Like that's one of those basic things. I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't had any problems previously, so that's why it never really occurred to me. But then when it did happen, I was like, yeah, that's pretty obvious. Like you don't want to have all your manufacturing exits. Well, it always, se- it always seems obvious when you get fucked. I know, I know. <laughs> but, so, so I go out and I'm looking, right found a company that had all a bunch you know all the certifications look great they're based in new york and uh wanted them to run to do the multivitamin to start with right because i need multivitamins like i need it right away so let's start with that and i told them that uh i'm going to send the product to get uh to eurofins a big you know respected lab to get tested so um, to, to ensure that everything is there because again a lot of manufacturers what they'll do is um they'll give you a great price so you say this is what i want even if you want to make a good product they're gonna be like okay here's your price and and you'll be like oh wow like i mean again we get pitched by not just random chinese protein uh peddlers but also other manufacturers that will say hey we'll make we'll make your pre-workout um for you know 60 percent of what you're paying right now and uh and that's also so if, if i were naive or um maybe or didn't again, care yeah or just 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 saying i like money and sure whatever then i could do that as well and um then what they would do though is so <laughs> coming back to the story so i uh, so this manufacturer in new york uh runs runs multivitamins and i tell them i'm going to get them tested um and also before i pay for them like I, i'm going to make sure i want to make sure that you know uh, i'm getting what i what i want and what i'm paying for and so he does it and i send him off to get it tested and it comes back that they're basically just vitamin c pills so I didn't pay, and I was like, oh, "Wow!" I just wasted my time, though. Like, I, and I, I, was, I was telling you, I was like, "What Man. the fuck was the point of that?" I told you, I, was, I mean, I guess he just thought maybe he was going to call my bluff or something, or maybe I would just. How did you not. know to have the smarts to do that? Did you have just an idea because of the margins? Like, you're just like he's offering this to me for so cheap. He's got no, because I wouldn't have went. Like his price was good, um, and I expected it to be a little bit lower than you know Capstone is the name of the company I'm with right now. Uh-huh. Um, 
because again, like Capstone, they're not they're not the the cheapest. But um, and now we're past all that stuff. They've been really good. Now they have um, everything streamlined, and you know that that uh, transition is is that period is over. Um, but but so no, his price was a little bit better, but it wasn't it wasn't so low um, that it because you know, if that were the case, I would have just moved on because uh, right. you know if he would have come like at six dollars a bottle and uh, then i know like yeah that's gonna be vitamin c See, and it, what sucks about this is you're talking about vitamins minerals protein like herbs like there's there's herb yeah. blends and stuff like how do you te- you know how expensive it is to yeah. test i do know because <laughs> i've done it yeah. like my, my multivitamin has uh it's not just uh vitamins and minerals there's 14 other uh things in there and some of them are herbs and um so like that's like to, specific testing yeah i, I think uh, if i remember correctly how much was it for so triumph is the name multivitamin it was i want to say five to six thousand dollars just to test that one product um and so you know a whole round of testing um which i've done several times with capstone for the same reason just because i want to make sure um mm-hmm. and keep them honest so to speak um i want to say it's 30 ish thousand dollars just to just to know that like what you're getting is real you know what i mean that's wow. crazy that's crazy that, that that's your responsibility to do that yeah i mean a lot of companies don't do it which is you know also something we're going to be um, so there's like a little internal kind of evolution, um, that, that we're going through and it's, it's something I want to do from a, I mean, it's going it, to, it's a branding play, but I think it also is going to, um, I want to, I want to kind of maybe set a standard for that the other supplement companies, uh, might ha- that consumers can hold other second supplement companies up to. So like mm-hmm. one of the things, so a few of the things are going to be, we already, we're already good with transparent formulations and using education and not hype to sell. And um, at least internally making sure that, you know, uh, I, what I'm selling is what I say it is. Um, but I want to, I want to kind of push this a little bit further because Obviously, right now, um, the evidence-based fitness movement, that, that, that whole space is growing and more and more people are using science or appealing to science mm-hmm. to sell things, right? Uh, whether it's to sell programs or products or even sell themselves. And it's not very hard to do um, if you want to bullshit people because you can just use big words and make it sound like you know what you're talking about. And you see more, if we're talking supplements, more and more of that. A lot of, a lot of these new supplement companies that are popping up are um, their their angle and their their copy will reads and it appears and reads very similar to mine right and um so it's gotten to the point where see when when i first started legion there weren't very many companies that were talking about clinically effective doses for example that you didn't hear that phrase very often and they uh while some companies would i mean i would say they'd make passing references to scientific research it was very lazy it's not like they were really trying to dive in and 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 justify the product scientifically it was more just like oh yeah there's some studies that say this is good so here take it you know what i mean um so when i first started like what i was my approach was was unique and uh, now it's not so unique. Unique. A lot of people are are doing the. Same wow, thing. I didn't know that. So you you uh, you say you were one of the first guys to really start doing that because you see it that I know of that, that, yeah. to do it the way that I'm doing it again with like no proprietary blends, um, so fully transparent formulations, uh, clinically effective doses, but then also in the sales copy it, where it's very educational and it's uh, explaining you know wh- why every ingredient was chosen and why the dose was why we set the dose where it is and and citing research that you know anybody can can go access mm-hmm. and, and and read if they want to um, yeah three years ago when we first met uh, before we started mind pump we talked about some of the trends that we saw in the fitness industry 
And one of them uh, had to do with the supplement industry. And I made this very, I was very passionate about it. And I said, look, what we see right now, what we're seeing with food right now um, is going to start to carry over into supplements. For example, you know, seven, eight years ago, uh, Safeways, Lucky's, Knob Hill, you know, all these these major grocery store chains uh, did not have organic sections mm-hmm. at all. Um, to get organic food, you had to go to Whole Foods. You had to go to a specialized store. Now, all grocery stores, hell, your 7-Eleven now carries products that will say organic on them. And I said, watch what happens in the supplement industry. You're going to start seeing all of them move in that direction. Yep. And we actually had a friend. Um, his name sounds like uh, Mo Connolly, uh, who had a supplement company. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I had a v- very I, subtle right there. Very subtle. I had a, a, a huge argument and debate Not with even him a real name. because he wanted us to sell his suppl- to promote his oh, supplements. Connolly. And I'm like, we can't. We can't sell your products because they're all artificially flavored. They're all full of all these chemicals and shit. And and we're not going to promote that. And I said, you, I said, if anything, you need to pay attention to the market because it's starting to shift, and you're going to, and it's going to be a problem. And you need, you should shift before. And I think I'm right. I think it's starting to happen already. I mean, what do, what do you I think? think? Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that I saw initially, and and also uh, just believed in personally. So you know, all of our stuff is naturally sweet and naturally flavored, um, and no unnecessary fillers or junk. No food dyes stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's not necessary. Like, do you really care if your pre workout is uh, green? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Hulk, or, Hulk green, uh, <laughs> electric or, yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, just like kind of a pinkish color. Do you give a shit? Um, so, and you actually can, I mean, like, so our blue raspberry flavor, uh, yes, it's blue, but it's not artificial. It, it, you can, you can, you can change colors. You, you actually have natural, s- natural molecules. You have natural like from- Smurf extract in it. Yeah, it <laughs> Making it blue. Smurf semen. Smurf it. Smurf semen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the secret. That's, that's the secret. Sauce. Yeah. It's, it's proprietary I'll let blend. It out. I'll let it out. Yeah. It's anabolic. Uh, jerking off Smurfs. I get it. Oh, but yeah. when, I, so it was the other day who, God, it was like maybe a month ago. I think someone tagged us on a post. By what's that supplement company that's uh, fuck the physique guys are all in and uh, oh gl- global no oh, global well, that's one of them okay. too ghost which I don't know much about them yeah. global formulas was it that or no what's I, the I other one the one that what's his name owns that lives in the area little e- Evogen tell me yeah about- Evogen oh yeah so Evogen has like <laughs> these just- naturally flavored yeah <laughs> we're, we're on video I, I knew sorry. what it was by just doing that you know you know what I know that guy I know who the guy is but he sounds like a little meatball. We're just we're it's just fucking accurate. throwing people under the bus. I don't, today. Even, I don't even know what you're talking about. Today is about, bus chucked. Uh, with, <laughs> he sounds like he sounds like a meatball. But uh, I I saw them had a product that was like no artificial flavors. I'm like, look at this yeah. motherfucker. Uh, I was doing it's that all, shit from the beginning. Yeah, yeah it's starting Smart. to happen. So yeah. you, do you you see the market totally grow in that? Dir- uh, yeah, to the point where um, it's going to be have to be next year. So it's going to be a pain in the ass. But we actually want to. We already uh, use non-GMO ingredients, but uh, would like to move. I mean, if we could move to fully organic i'd love to do it um i actually i just i'm not sure if it's possible um for the from the perspective of sourcing certain ingredients um and then also price Mm -hmm. some organic ingredients are super super expensive and unfortunately like sure i could do that but i would have to jack your uh, price by like nine dollars or something yeah and i can't i can't i can't do that so what i'd have to do is i'd have to pull uh ingredients out so i'd have to sacrifice Mm -hmm product efficacy basically mm-hmm. um for just just to have it be fully organic uh so you know i don't know if i'll be able to go to where it's like a 100 percent organic line but we want to but that's the move, direction yes move to as as uh, make it make it as or make everything as organic as possible 
Um, and that's not, I mean, that's partially a marketing play because I do agree with you. That that's that's mm-hmm. that's the definitely where the trends are going. But also, um, I, I agree with it, you know, personally, mm-hmm. like I eat mostly organic food. And even if it's just for nothing else, just to reduce my exposure to glyphosate and, you know, pesticides and herbicides yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and, it's, and also, you know, it's been obviously, I mean, you guys all know this, that uh, organic produce, like certain fruits and vegetables are more nutritious. Like there are more vitamins and minerals and good things in them. And that's why I'm eating it. You right. know, like, sure, I've, I've eaten, that's just kind of my diet. So I've come to enjoy it. But um, all, in the end is, you know, is the cauliflower as tasty as the French fries? No. So why do we, <laughs> why do we eat the cauliflower? Yeah, because it's good for us. And the the, uh, the irony of all of this is because the organic market is starting to grow so fast because it is it's exploding. Yeah, look um, at Amazon's Whole Foods. Purchase. Yeah, uh, look at Costco. We go to Costco. There's like uh, so many organic things that like three years ago weren't even in there. Mm. That uh, a lot of the organic stuff. I hate to say it's going to piss people off, but a lot of the organic products we get now are from China. Like yeah, they're, they're sending sure. us organic. Oh my god! Yeah, I know exactly. And yeah, who's watching? Course. Who's watching that whole thing? Yeah, you know, we talked about the that. whole food. I'll, I'll say though that it's not uh, not everything that comes from China is is bad. It, it really depends on on the company, and that's where if we're talking about manufacturing, I'm glad you said that. So what do you, yeah, explain? Yeah, so that's so um, you know there are we get I know that Capstone gets some of their ingredients from China, and I know they get some of their ingredients from India, which also is can be hit and miss. Um, especially stuff like spirulina. There's good spirulina that comes from India. There's bad. There's good spirulina that comes from China. There's bad. Um, What's the difference between good and bad? Uh, just contamination. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so that's where, again, you have to have from, if as the supplement, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not the manufacturer. I'm the, as the, as the company or the, as the seller, as the person that's, you know, creating the products. Mm-hmm. Um, that's up, that's on me to know, um, the how how the the manufacturer I'm working with like how much do I trust uh, their raw sourcing right and are they because that's where manufacturers they cut corners where they can pad their margins uh, are getting just cheap inferior raws like you know take beta alanine there's a big difference between the patented you know carnosine which is uh, high potency and just some low potency crap you can get from China for a fifth of the price big difference all you know is. Uh, on the, if you're just a consumer, you, you don't you don't know that. You just go, oh, it has beta alanine, beta alanine, beta alanine. No, it's not. Um, so th- there's that, and then there's there's fill volume, right? So you know to to be compliant with CGMP, you have to you can have a variance of uh, about ten percent, but that's like meaning that um, label claim and what is in there needs to be you know ninety percent of of what is supposed to be in there, but you know, there are manufacturers that will, uh, if, if they know that you're not on top of it and you're not going to hold them to it and you're not going to check it out yourself, you, it won't necessarily, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll fill it to 70%. Especially if you're talking about caps in particular, you know what I mean? So, um, and that's obviously just, that's just uh, profit for the, for the manufacturer. Did you so. know all of this when you got into the, into this business? No, I mean, I, you were pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It was kind of a learning process, which again, I'll, I'll credit, uh, Peter from, you know, that was the first manufacturer I found that, that really took good care of me. And, uh, so I had in a sense, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it was, it wasn't just like a a mentor that just taught me everything, but, um, Peter was, I mean, he is still, still obviously he just, he just is not with Capstone. He's with another company now. Um, but cool guy, honest guy. And, uh, showed me, uh, the ropes to, to, to some degree. And then there was also just being in the space and, you know, having experiences and talking to other people and it's just whatever. When you, when you really immerse yourself in something, you learn stuff, you know what I mean? Um, 
So, what you, was the, what, go ahead. No, do you attend? Do you uh, attach yourself to people like that when you meet them? Like, because it's so rare. I feel like in this industry, when you meet someone who's like fucking smart, got his shit together, like yeah. you, yeah, yeah, and, like, and and then usually try to um, see what I can do for them as well. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't like to run around asking for favors generally. So, like, I, I usually won't ask people for things um, very much. Uh, I'll be more. I'm more interested in what I can do for them. So then, if at some point. Uh, I do need to ask for a favor. It's like no problem. You know right. I mean? Cause I think it's kind of silly and, and annoying when, I mean, I get it quite a bit where people ask me to do random things for them when I don't even know them. You mm. know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. Why, right. Right. Why, 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 why would you ever think that would work at any point when you're doing this, when you're entering the market and you're learning about all the shit where you like, fuck it, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, no, just uh. because, uh, again, I was just, I believe that I can just do it the way that I want to do it. And I knew that, that, that that meant that what my, gave you that confidence though is that just because you did you recognize right away that you were smarter than who you were going up against or did you how did you when did <laughs> hubris you, yeah just basically yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no um well so there was one thing there was like going into it i wasn't my goal wasn't to create the biggest supplement company because you can't be i mean I'd, I'd say this probably applies to any any industry you can't be the biggest and the best, but that's particularly true in supplements, right? So the biggest companies are never going to make the best products because they're always going to be reliant on retail. And if anything that is, uh, let's say any sports nutrition product that is, that is on the, on the shelf of GNC, um, unless we're talking, uh, protein powders from very like ons protein powder, for example, it tests. I mean, there've been a lot of independent tests that have been posted on Reddit and stuff and whatever, and on generally checks out. And again, mm -hmm. that's like coming back to Glanbia has no reason to fuck around. It would be it really against their interests. To, that would crush them. Yeah. It'd be stupid for what they already, you know, just that, they already just have a one of their piece of the pie already. That, that's just on is just one of their brands, billion dollars a year. And like I said, and they have a complete monopoly on the way market. So why risk that for, so why why would they ever want a amino spike that would make no sense mm. you know oh I mean? so you're saying so on has a direct connection to the the glanbia the... is owns on oh. straight up mm -hmm. so um and and glanbia, what else do they own um, abs i think and abs and did they they may have bought bsn as well they may have in glanbia wow. i don't i'm not sure they own a wow. number they own a number of uh that's when you're brands. gangster when you own competitive yeah <laughs> competitive it brand. makes sense i mean again because uh, and that's what they do in food food companies big food companies buy stuff oh dude food, as well. big pharma will buy uh big uh herba like you'll yeah. have you know, yeah, yeah, big yeah. organic they'll buy organic products absolutely and, yeah. yeah um so so yeah so uh going into it again my goal wasn't necessarily to create the biggest uh the biggest supplement company i you know hundreds and hundreds of hundred million dollars a year in revenue um, I wanted to do, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of cheesy, but I want to create, I wanted in my, at least to, to my standards, I wanted, I wanted to make the best, the best stuff. You know what I mean? And so, um, and, and in terms of my personal confidence in, um, in being able to do it, uh, I guess um, if I, so when I go back and I was looking at it, um, it just seemed, it seemed straightforward. Like, and, and this is maybe something, there's a subconscious element and, and I've, this is how in business I'll just, when I, I'll know I have a good, I have a good intuition for things that will work. And when I see something and, and I, and I feel strongly about it and I, and I see it in my mind of this is where this could go. And, uh, and, and when, when I have a, a personal conviction that like, oh yeah, that's going to work. Like there's, you know, I, I just, there's something that will flip for me and I just go, 
yeah, there's no way that fails. Like if I just execute, there's no way that it's just fails. a matter of execution at that yeah. point. So, and then, and then I'm confident in my ability to execute. And, um, again, it's not just me. I've recruited people also that are very good at execution. Um, and, and also very good at ideation as well. And so like, um, there, there's that, I know that, you know, I can get things done. And then also I know that I can work really fucking hard. So like, if there are people, sure, there are people out there that are smarter than I am, can have better ideas, but can they outwork me? You know what I mean? And, uh, and so that's also been kind of a culture that I've cultivated, um, you know, at, 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 or with my team again is, you know, uh, everyone, everyone works hard. They put in time and they don't fuck around and they get shit done. And it's not something that I have to, I'm not a slave driver. I have to like run behind them and micromanage them and, 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 you know, beyond them to finish every little task. Um, it has kind of just naturally developed. Now that all being said, are can you give us examples of times when you thought something would succeed and it didn't? Yeah. It failed. Yeah, sure. So, um, most recently we, we released a, a vegan protein, right? It's like a pea, rice, uh, quinoa and hemp blend. And so there was a lot of hype on it on social media. People were freaking out about it. Oh, I can't wait for this. Can't wait. And released it and sold like, uh, I want to say maybe like 500 bottles in the first week, which is, <laughs> which is bad. And like, you know, when we, when we released our fish oil, it was like 3000 bottles in the first week. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and since then it has, it has now caught up and cause there's a point where you have to look at it from, from, from a cash flow perspective, uh, where if you're not selling enough of, of an item, it's not worth having because mm-hmm. you just have, you have minimum orders you have to work with. So how much cash do you want sitting in your warehouse is what it comes down to. Which has got to be a pain in the ass when that you figure that out and then you have to cut it off and then you got to deal with the handful of people that are going to be yeah. emailing you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've had that. So the 500 people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've had it. We've had it. Now it looks like it, the, the name of the product is Thrive. So it looks like um, it's going to be fine. It looks like it's, I mean, it's, it, it, it did not meet our, our expectations at all. It, from that sense, it was like, and, and it also is just interesting to see that the disconnect between the hype of people saying, oh, how excited mm, they are mm-hmm. to the uh, actual hardline numbers. And, and you know, that's I, I've come across that in just uh, reading about marketing. And, and this is my first, I'd say, like that stands in my mind experience where surveying is great and we've done correctly. But don't don't think that just because people tell you they're going to buy something oh, that they yeah. will. And don't think that just because people say they're really interested in something that mm. they're going to buy it. Yep. It's very different. Um, it, it just is. So so that that was that was a, an experience that recently we also had that with unflavored whey protein. So like there's a huge market for unflavored. That's uh, what I would think, especially on, on Amazon. There are a few companies that are destroying and that's all they do is unflavored shit. Uh, Naked is one of them. Uh, good branding. I don't, I've, I don't know who's behind it, but they're smart. Like they know what they're doing, at least from a marketing perspective and from a branding perspective, they've done a good job. Um, and so we thought that uh, it would be kind of a no brainer for us to have have unflavored. We didn't expect it uh, to to explode, um, but it just it just didn't do well at all. Like where we just wow. dis- discontinued we looked into it, that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I wasted a bunch of money on um, doing, I believe, yeah, we had, we had five pounds. So we have like 2.2 pound weigh, and then we have five pound for people. And you can essentially, when it comes down to per serving, you're, you're, you're getting it for like 10 or 15% less per serving if you're buying the bigger one. Mm-hmm. And um, so the bigger ones, I mean, that's cool, but they're very expensive, my cost. And uh, like, again, I'd say, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but probably somewhere between 40 and $45 or something per bottle for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and minimums are, uh, I want to say 
1,500 to 2,000 bottles. Mm. And so had a bunch of uh, unflavored uh, five-pound whey. Because again, we thought that- It's we, a lot of whey to be hanging around. We, we thought it would do well. <laughs> so it's like 100K and just unflavored, you know, big bottles of, uh, of unflavored whey. And, you know, they sat around for, for months and months and months. And again, so like that shit matters though, because especially when you're trying to aggressively grow a company and then funding it myself. Right, or, your margins are already thin and you, so don't, you don't have cash with Cash is everything, cash flows everything. So uh, if, you know, we weren't, we weren't counting on having that money tied up for as long as it was tied up, um, which then just like means you have to, you're constantly re, you know, just juggling your, fi- your financials basically. Um, and so, you know, a couple, a couple examples of that. Also the app that I, that I did is another example of something <laughs> that was, uh, I just went into it. I mean, it was a lesson of, uh, and I'm, that's a mistake that I, I tend to not make is miss or underestimating effort. That's also something that when I'm, when I'm like looking at when I'm considering doing something, you know, you have to consider cause an opportunity costs anything, right? If you're going to do one thing is you're not going to be doing something else. And it's one of those things where in the beginning, when you're just getting into something, you say yes to everything, right? Cause who cares? The cost mm-hmm. is your time and the opportunity cost is low because your time isn't worth shit in the beginning because you don't have anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just jump at everything you can do, jump at say yes, 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 yes. But then it flips as, as you become more successful, um, you have to learn to say no to a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we had this conversation not that long ago where oh, yeah. we were, you know, I remember when the business hit that point where you you have to look at your t- your time now is you're breaking it down. Like, okay, yep. I could mm-hmm. I could have even though in the past I would have done that because any exposure or anything yes. doing anything is good, but yep. not when you could be potentially doing something else. Exactly. Could- I mean, your guys. So in your in your business, it comes down to even guests, right? So. In the, if you were just starting, it'd be a lot of yeses. Get get whoever you can, and then and try to make those conversations as interesting as possible, right. and just get rolling. Uh, but right. now with where you guys are, you have to be picky, and you probably have to say no to a lot more. Yeah. Uh, you know, you probably get people reaching out all the time where it just doesn't make sense. It's nothing personal, right? It, it's just because if you're going to sit down and spend time with that person, you're well, it's not move going. The you're not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You're not going to be spending time with someone else that might. You know, just that would love be, to be on the show just as much as that person. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah in the beginning, I had a couple friends that were that were guests on our show, and they were they <laughs> were interesting. They were definitely experts in their field. And then later on, like a couple years later, you know, I'd have other friends who knew them. Like, hey, do you want to interview me so I can yep. talk about? It? I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, I can't. I got other guests coming in right now. Yeah, yeah. can't Maybe do next it. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But so, that, when, that, when that happens in a business, though, I think it's a, and one of those crucial points. I think there's these, it's like a step ladder. You Absolutely. Know? And there's these points where a lot of business, that's where they, they can't figure that piece out. You yeah. know, you and say, usually that correlates to income or revenue. I mean, you'll find uh, that, you know, it's, it is usually um, tremendously difficult to, to get to break the seven figure so that to get over a million dollars a year in revenue. Um, and so that's like a big milestone. And then I'd say probably 10 million is that's another big, like very, very few businesses ever break $10 million of revenue Mm. in a a year. Um, and you know, depending on who you listen to some people, you know, uh, they say that that kind of in the middle there, that's also, or think of it as in terms of like the progression isn't necessarily linear, it's more stepwise. So you kind of like you hit a certain level and then you're kind of plateaued and you're working, you're working in the business so you can then breakthrough to the next level. And, and the challenges are very different as you move up. So I know that, you know, so then getting from, okay, so, so you've gotten to 10 plus million, uh, you know, in revenue, in annual revenue, that what got you there 
won't and in most businesses will yeah. not get you to the 20s right and that's just that's just another game and usually what that comes down to is personnel and that because that's where scaling the business if you don't have good hiring processes and good onboarding processes and training processes and if also you're not willing to get rid of people that are not working it's very hard to take a business and again this is generally speaking, uh, from that 10 million a year revenue range to the twenties. And then again, so like the, the, what, what, what got you to 20 won't generally get you to 50. That's like the general kind of, so I, I normally say one to three, then the seven to 10, then the 50 and then the hundred. And it's like very few get to here, very, even less get to here. It's crazy. There's in that middle though, for sure. There's in that twenties, which is, um, you know, in, in the case of Legion, kind of what I'm, what I'm going through now and we're, uh, we're doing, we're, I think we're doing all the right things and we're putting, it's just a lot of work because, um, when you talk about in absolute numbers, so, you know, uh, you need to, if you're doing things that are, or let's say there, you, you could add something that, that, that increases your revenue by a million dollars a year, right? That's significant. And then the, if you're doing two or $3 million a year, that's big. You just, you just, you know, greatly increased your, your, mm-hmm. your revenue relatively speaking. But if you're doing $15 million a year and, and depending on how much work it takes to, to make an extra million dollars a year, that's fine, but you haven't, you know, you've, you've increased your revenue by 7%. Um, and it, depending on, you know, if that cost several, let's say months of your team's work to really put that in place, that's several months that are gone. You know what I mean? If you, and if you do that, uh, if you only can do that twice, let's say you try it again, the next thing doesn't really work. And then by the end of the year, let's say you have two real winners that, that, you know, have increased your revenue by two, maybe 3 million in that year. Um, Sure, you've grown. You've grown, you know, whatever it is, 10 to 20%. But, you know, that's 10 to 20% and a whole year went by. So you have to figure out, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you, what are the big levers that you can pull that are going to, um, you know, give you that 30 to, let's say, I mean, let's say 50 to 60 to 70% growth, uh, for the year if you want to, if you want to break, if you really want to break through. And again, a lot of that is, um, comes down to business infrastructure, I think systems in place. And, uh, cause as you add more people, it gets more chaotic. And if you don't have, um, if you don't have good business systems in place, so if your business, uh, if it, if it is relying more on extraordinary people than extraordinary systems, that's a very difficult business to scale. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause it's hard mm-hmm. to find exactly extraordinary people. and it can be hard to keep them too. Mm-hmm. because then they get really good and they want to do their own thing or, yeah. or, or they get offers to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And depending on the culture of your business and how much they believe in it and how much they believe in you, uh, they may, you know, they may not, if it's just a job to them, if they're very good at it, but it's just a job because what you're doing doesn't really, it doesn't really resonate with them and they'd rather be in a different industry or they'd rather be doing something else. Or in some cases they'd rather be working for someone else because, uh, a lot of, business owners and CEO types are really obnoxious and uh, it would not be fun to work for. So, you know, all those things, uh, really, I mean, they, they can, they, they can work for you or against you. And when you, again, when you get into that, where you need, let's say you're, you're, you need 20, 30, 40, 50 staff to work efficiently for the business to work. Now you really need 
a good administrator. It's not just about like everybody kind of, you know, mm-hmm. just getting their individual things done and, and everyone just pulling their own weight. It has know? to remind you because you were an athlete. It has to remind you of sports so much to me. I think yeah. there's so many uh, parallels in yeah. like talking about a hockey team or a football team and like everybody's specific roles, everything from the coach to the trainer to all the athletes to the positions on the, I mean, I feel like, that's real. When you start getting to a level where you're running a ten, fifty, hundred million dollar business, that's when you start looking at it like that. You know, where there's just all the there's fifty people on this team, and every one of these pieces are extremely important for their role in learning how to lead and orchestrate. I all think that. it's too. It's it's what's sad about it is that um, today we're not taught as kids what goes into all of that and the benefit of all of that. We we don't know that. So like if I. If I go out and I interview, you know, 100 random people and I say, hey, you know, uh, Beyonce made $100 million last year um, and she, that's her money. She made that herself. Do you think she deserves it? And most people be like, absolutely, man. She works so hard. Like she's a hard worker. And if I say, okay, well, you know, this CEO over here of this particular company, you know, paid himself $100 million. Do you think he deserved it? Oh, no, not at all. Like that, you know, he's taking all his money. He needs to pay. People don't realize the amount of work. And not to say that Beyonce doesn't deserve it and, he, and the other person does, but it's it, it, there's a lot that goes into it. And, the, and every penny that they make uh, goes into investing or most of it goes into investing, building this business and building these jobs. And uh, it's just, we don't know this. We don't, I, know, we don't, I feel we don't like, learn this. Being I feel the like, CEO of a, of a very large company is probably one of the most stressful jobs you could ever yeah. ask for. And you need actually. to be a... A fucking I feel genius. like you can't yeah. none of us are in a position to talk shit about anybody like that like I know there's people that don't we talked about Jeff Bezos the other day right I know there's people that don't like him and there's people that didn't like um, uh, Apple freaking uh, Steve, Steve Jobs, Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. you know I, I know there's these people when they talk shit about them because maybe how they use their money or how they treat their employees but I feel like until I can provide as many jobs for other people as those people I have no place and it's not just, I have no place in that conversation right. if I haven't provided as many jobs for other incomes for other families mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying how is anybody in a position to talk and shit about not, somebody like and that it's not you, even it's, it's, you there's, have it. there's that but there's also the fact that at least if it's not in, in a corrupt way if somebody built a uh, you know 10 million or 100 million dollar business they did it because they were serving a consumer they're give, they're, they're making a person's life better in some way shape or form i like to use bill gates as an example Bill Gates now is uh, one of the most uh, prolific um, philanthropists uh, in in modern times. And so people, when when I tell people, like, what do you think of Bill Gates? They think, oh, he's a great guy. But they don't consider that when he was the, you know, guy who created Microsoft, he probably did more for more people with Microsoft uh, in terms of positively affecting people's lives, not just as employees, but his product, people that used his product, and those products brought tremendous amounts of wealth uh, to the to the world, um, and fed people and housed people. And I love to say that to people, kind of fuck with people. I'll ask them, I say, who do you think did more for humanity, Bill Gates, the philanthropist, or Bill Gates, the businessman? And if, if most people, oh, the philanthropist, actually, probably Bill Gates, the the, the businessman, because of the things that he created. Um, and I think we, you know. I would love. I really would love modern education to start to teach children these things because we just we just don't know. We don't realize, you know, what goes on behind the scenes and all of the good things that come from all the fucking hard work. Because most people they see somebody at the top or they see somebody who's leading this big company or this big business and they think, 
oh that that you know that person is just so fortunate so yeah. easy like look what they're doing it's like yeah. you have no idea yeah these people are working the most hours the most stress and they're doing things that most people you could give a person i could take someone off the streets and put them in that position say here you go your salary is 10 million dollars a year but you got to handle all this and within a they month w- they would quit yeah absolutely within a <laughs> yeah. month they would stop doing it for yeah. sure if they just had to go uh shadow that person for um i don't even think they they'd be war yeah they'd be wore out just falling <laughs> around probably, probably the end of the first week because right, I mean, right. let's just start with like having to wake up early and uh you know no more watching tv let's just start there yeah. Yeah, yeah, not for me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Put out international right. fires. Honestly, no, yeah. no, really. Let, let alone having all the responsibility and uh, having to be uh, the consummate, you know, problem solver. And so, I mean, that that's, but it's, it's first just the basics of, you know, what it takes to be able to, to run in those circles. And, you know, I've seen it, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it through, um, I mean, I mean, through my own work and the people I've met, um, but even previously, uh, my dad is an entrepreneur, a successful, a successful dude. And I've met a lot of people through him and, you know, seen in people that are very, very successful. And, you know, in one case, uh, so, uh, there's a guy, his name's Bob, he's in his seventies now, and he built up a company called Pharmacyclics and he sold it for $27 billion and he, uh, himself walked away with five or something. And so he's in his seventies and he's been, I mean, uh, he's been working probably, I would say 70 to a hundred hours a week for his entire life. Like this is all this guy has done. His first big win was he built a, it was a cookie company. So he, he bought into a cookie company that was failing and then turned it around and, uh, and then sold it for about a hundred million dollars. And another big win was robotic surgery, got into robotic surgery, made it into this whole thing. His next big thing was a cancer drug. And the story is, you know, it was, uh, he had put everything on the line and it, and it, and it, and it wasn't looking good, uh, similar to like an Elon Musk type story when, mm-hmm. you know, when SpaceX was down to its last, he had, he, hadn't, he had no, that was his last money was the last launch for SpaceX and he had to borrow money just to make payroll at Tesla and shit. And, uh, in the end though, and it was, it was with Bob's companies, it was just, so many things were going to have to happen uh, that were unlikely. So many unlikely serendipitous things were have to happen, but it all it all happened. So now here he is in his seventies, uh, unlimited money. Mm, what's he doing? He just started another company, <laughs> and he's doing the, that. That's just that's that's how he is. And the and the other part that I try to tell people or talk to people all the time about is that it, at least in like I said, in mostly free societies we the people the consumer has all the power we have all the power so if we don't like something yeah, we vote with our dollars right? we just we can put them out of business tomorrow tomorrow you've got people walking around like hey you know too many liquor stores and alcohol is bad and just stop buying it guess what it'll disappear or look at all these magazines promoting all these horrible ideal you know body ideals which we talk about all the time on the show mm. well it's not going to exist if we stop buying it we have all the power so we can control what we want, what we don't want, and really. What are your thoughts on, on the body ideals? That's an interesting on the body ideals, yeah. on what we think on people's. Yeah. I, I think it's I unbelievably think that, distorted now, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think there's some value though in peer pressure for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there, there's there's research on that. It's like weight loss research that peer pressure is effective. There's no question. That, I, I mean, I don't agree with this. Uh, what is it? Love yourself at any size or anything. We have mm-hmm. these these morbidly mm-hmm. obese people where they're just saying. They're, they want to. They want to tell themselves they're beautiful. No, you're fucking 
not. Well, Sal, you look really bad. Sal, that is not beauty. Sal said something really good the other day on the show. Actually, there, you know, when there's a difference between uh, self-image and body image. That's right. Yeah. Mm. So, you, so if you're if you have a problem with food or whatever, and you're massively obese, you can say objectively, like, man, my body represents my poor health, um, and it's I don't like it. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Doesn't mean I don't deserve respect. It doesn't mean I'm not a human. Um, it doesn't mean I don't love and I shouldn't be loved. Um, those are all still true. But you can you can have a an objective body image. People confuse the two. So you have people who are just as sick, who look ripped and lean and yeah. fit, who've identified with their body, who that's their value. And I think some people now, in, by sick do you mean physically or you mean mentally? Both, okay. both physically and mentally. There's, I mean, we work with people and and you know taking drugs and doing things to make themselves look a certain sure. way. Yeah, when drugs enter the picture, I mean, yeah, or just the starvation that some people will do. So, I think I think in in an attempt being to chronically being chronically calorically deprived though is is not going to be as unhealthy as being obese. No, but you can get it that way if you really sure. push it, of course. Sure. But you're right, absolutely. And it's not nearly the epidemic that uh, yeah. chronically overfed is. Yeah. But if you, you know, I think they're trying to solve their own mental anguish by instead of them saying, um, you know, they feel this pain, right? Because they're overweight. They see people look at them differently. They fit in clothes differently. They move differently. They feel terrible. Yeah, they probably don't like what they see in them. They don't like what they see. There's that perception too. Don't forget, there's also that perceived like, I know I don't look good. Now, anytime somebody says something that I don't like or anybody does something I don't like, I'm going to see it through that filter and, oh, it's because I'm fat or, oh, it's because I'm short or whatever, right? It's because that, so it kind of self-perpetuates. And I think people try to solve that that anguish for themselves by throwing it all out and saying, fuck it, I love all of this and I'm going to yeah. own it. And I'm yeah. and it sounds empowering. Yeah. It's actually not. It's not empowering. It's ego building. It's it's no different than, like I said, the other people, the other side of it. I mean, it's delusional. It's right. delusional. Um, but you can have a body image that says, hey, man, my body's reflecting my poor health. Um, I, I need to work on that. But doesn't mean I don't think I'm a great person or a bad. I, this is just something I need to work on. That's a Did, healthy. Do you think you'd really feel like you're a good person, though, if you let yourself go that I, I do. I don't think anybody's. I, don't. Per- I think. I think it's a facade. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's something that. I think that's a, a reflection of their own insecurities, and so they're overcompensating. I think that's what that is. I think that's. I'm pretending to be super confident in myself, but deep down inside, I'm screaming. And you know, well, I mean, because if you're if you are constantly engaging, if you're constantly doing things, and this this I think this extends beyond just eating, but if you're constantly doing things that you feel you shouldn't be doing, or not doing things that you feel you should be doing, that. In, in you're just not going to feel good mm-hmm. about yourself, right? I mean, in well, that, on, on not just the physiological level, but the emotional, and mental I mean. level, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also your actions really determine mm-hmm. your feelings and your attitudes, and so it's it's much easier, I think, to so if somebody wants to make some big change personally, it's much easier, I think, to look at what actions can we change uh, that will naturally inculcate the the beliefs and the ideas than it is to try to dive into the. Um, subjective and and sort out why do i feel this way and you know if i just try to if i could only feel differently then i could you know behave the way that i want to behave i think it's much easier to aim at changing actions even if it starts with very simple actions Mm -hmm. first step to awareness is taking a step right right? and they're and they're and they're both but they're both the same thing and what i mean by that is 
let's say I'm morbidly obese and uh, I feel like shit, uh, I can just say, look, that's it. I'm going to avoid soda mm-hmm. and lose 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. And that's going to make start, me I'm feel start better. I'm going to start walking yeah. uh, for 30 minutes a day. I'm just going to go walk. Right. And that's going to make me feel better and help me look at myself differently and help me examine myself. But the flip can be also true. I can also look at myself, become self-aware and be like, what am I doing to myself? Which will then make me make those decisions. I, I don't think that they're separate. I do think they're all um, they're all connected and they can uh, they can both be manipulated and worked with but uh, you know but in the end only the effort wins though if you're not willing to exert effort and I think this is just just in life right uh, so. of course but there's a there's a level of I think we don't appreciate the level of uh, unawareness that people can live in like literally can literally live in and not like I've like people will have no idea how bad they feel until yeah, they come out of it for sure or have no well, how idea. Many, I mean, I know for us, how many clients and I'm sure you too have dealt with that, you know, tell you, I feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I feel good. Yeah, no, I feel great every day, mm-hmm. but they just, they've never really truly felt what their, how their body's running when it's being fed optimally. It's being, it's rested, it's training correctly. Totally. Then all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit. No, I really feel good now, but they had yeah. no idea. So there's also, you know, people at that, I mean, we're point, all probably, at you know suffering to that to some degree right now uh, absolutely we could all feel so much better right. if you know if we were doing things differently well, but I th- feel what those you things won't know that until you challenge yeah, what those things those yeah. things might be for us personally are going to be different but i mean i mm. i believe that of myself for sure oh no we talked just the other day about you know with the last podcast we did together was uh the whole sleep thing like i didn't yeah. put that together till way mm-hmm. later i didn't i mean my my idea of like sleep back then was like i'll sleep when i'm dead you know yeah, it's like, like oh, lazy sleep you know, why would i sleep like, extra hours yeah. yeah that's i mean i remember saying things like that where but i didn't think i really needed it i didn't know it was making that much of a difference yeah. until you start to pay attention to those things oh shit well look at that yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that we have to appreciate it though we really have to appreciate where people can be i mean i know people who will they won't even look in the mirror people eat to escape yeah. people don't even pay attention to what they're eating it's it's kind of an escape they're just feeding themselves and not having any idea of, of what's going on some they've actually done studies where they've had people do mindfulness practices while they're eating that's it they've done nothing else all they did was say before you eat, take a few minutes, a few seconds to think about what you're about to eat. Sit down. Don't have any distractions. Don't be on your phone. Don't watch TV. With every bite, savor the meal. Chew it 30 times. Consciously swallow. Like do this whole like bring awareness to what I'm doing while I'm eating. Mm-hmm. And people lose weight. They lose weight because they just they just become more aware of what they're doing to themselves. Right. Um, so and this is reflective. This is very reflective in what we're finding with you. Look, the obesity epidemic. There's so many different causes to it but part of it is uh they just don't know and you yeah. know this by the way people feed their kids because yeah, i know that's uh, just uh, unfortunate to oh, see. Yeah. it's extremely unfortunate but i'll tell you what well when they feed them healthy right but they're you know they don't they don't feed themselves the same way because they're just like unaware they want their kids to be super healthy but at the same I mean, time I think they're you probably see more just unhealthy yeah unhealthy yeah, <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> Dude, or you see what I so I shared on the podcast recently. I totally flipped out on my mom for trying to give my little niece a popsicle, and what why I got upset was because three times uh, the baby said no, and she still mm. tried to give it to yeah, her. What's the point of that? Right, but and what I put together and realized is you know a lot of people have such a bad relationship and connection with food that they it's like this rewards it's like you're trying to buy the child's love because you know when she puts it in her mouth she's going to light up and be like oh and you know she's going to which is you don't really realize why she does lights I w- up I wonder yeah. if it's darker than that though maybe not consciously but subconsciously it is people love 
uh, to, taking you down a little bit. Well, you know, if if you if you're struggling with something, you it's like Schadenfreude. You you, you want you get some sort of gratification by seeing other people struggle with the same thing. Mm. And you, and on, on the flip side, you don't want to be around, you don't want to be reminded of it by, let's say you see someone who does not struggle with it at all. Mm. And who's very strong in an area very weak. A, a lot of people, there's that cognitive dissonance there where it's like, you just don't, you want that to go away. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. I've seen that with, I mean, we've all, I've been there myself, but I've seen it. Uh, I just think of friends of mine growing up that had, you know, video game addictions and just random stuff like where it's bad. You know what yeah. I mean? And they would, uh, a couple of them were, you know, they had that mutual understanding that uh, were mutual delusion, basically. So you have people that, you know, where it, I just if, if, if they if someone is 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 engaging in, in a clearly destructive habit. Um, they tend to be around other people that are doing it and it tends to be self-reinforcing completely. You know I mean? And they all justify each other and they all feed each other's rationalizations. Um, oh, absolutely. I'll tell, confirmation bias. I'll, yeah. t- I'll tell you yeah. what I was, I went, no, I was going to go on a trip. That. I was going on a trip to a sunny beach area. Okay. It was, you know, beautiful beaches. We're all going to be in bathing suits. And it was a group of people that were going to go a group of friends and they had the, the trip planned. And then, you know, they invited me to go later on. And my friend said, when these when these people found out you were going to go, everybody was like, oh, fuck, man, I got to go on a diet. Like, you know, oh, man, I don't like that. He's, you know, not because I'm a bad, they, they like me. We're all friends. Yeah. But the fact that I'm a fit guy reminded them that yep. they themselves now are going to become really self-conscious about their bodies or whatever because it reminds them. You know, just like you're saying, it reminds like if you get your video game addicted friends and they're around a bunch of people that like to go outside and do shit, mm. like they're going to be like, it's going to. And especially when they know they shouldn't, you know what I mean? That's there's, it. There's a part of them that they have these moments of clarity where they're like, yeah, I'm fucking up. But they're, you know what I mean? They're not going to change. But then but they project. That's what ends up happening. Yeah. So then yeah. they end up putting that front. That's the same thing that we talked about what you're saying with the really obese girl that's, you know, oh, I look so sexy. Mm-hmm. Love my body. Like yeah, that's yeah. her projecting her insecurity just in a different way. You know, you know, I hate to freaking end this and wrap this we gotta up. We got to go, huh? Yeah. But I, we have to get our boy over to the airport right now or he'll uh, mm. miss his flight. Oh, so. wow. Yeah, I just realized the time. To- yeah. Uh, God, dude, what a good time. Yeah. Mike, you're one great. of my favorite absolute. I'm not, I'm not saying this because I, I don't. Because I, I say. What do you want, man? You're right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're. Oh, by the way, you're one of, one of my absolute favorite guests, man. I appreciate you Thank coming you. down. Thank you. It's I'm been looking forward great. to. We'll I'm be fun. together and at we uh, have, Spartan Race. This is my first time doing something like this. Honestly. Oh, excellent. I mean, I've been I've been on a few other people's podcasts, but. Um, not you know it's a handful we ruined it for you yeah. it's gonna be nothing yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm, like everybody else gonna suck this, compared is, to this. <laughs> this is the 10 10 yeah now you yeah, literally we you set the bar bro you literally yeah. banged the hottest chick yeah. in the world yeah. and now everybody else is this ugly can't go down that's just that's just life but uh i mean we have i mean i won't let our audience know i don't know if we're airing how we're airing this but uh we have no affiliation with your products or anything like that so people think we're trying to promote no we're just asking you honest questions and i appreciate your transparency Absolutely. Yeah. Well, these kind of sure. things are fun too. So. Yeah. Oh, we have a blast doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, check this out. Go to mindpumpmedia.com. Get yourself enrolled in 30 days of coaching. It will cost you zero, zero dollars. It's absolutely for free. Also, go to YouTube. We post a new video every single day. Uh, the channel is Mind Pump 
TV or MPTV. You can find it on YouTube. And finally, find us on Instagram, Mind Pump Media. My page is Mind Pump Sal. Adam is Mind Pump Adam. And Justin is Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.